Hello, this is Fiona, host and regular GM for What Am I Rolling? Just a quick content note here about this episode's one-shot of Call of Cthulhu. Call of Cthulhu is a horror role-playing game inspired by the Cthulhu mythos from the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Now, many folk know that H.P. Lovecraft was, himself, an incredibly problematic figure. And I wanted to make it clear on this podcast right at the top of the episodes that here on this podcast we do not condone any of his views or beliefs. The Call of Cthulhu RPG is inspired by Lovecraft's work, and as such, we could say we take this inspiration and use it to create stories which do not contain these views or these beliefs. But we must acknowledge, and I do so here for the record, that Lovecraft was, undeniably, a racist, anti-Semitic, a misogynist, and many more things besides. And honestly, sometimes you cannot separate the art from the artist, and I think it's important to acknowledge that in some way. I also want to put in some content warnings for the scenario that we are playing in this one-shot. Content warnings for this one-shot include kidnapping, gunfire, stabbings, PTSD, violence, gore, body horror, dead bodies, and supernatural horror. Therefore, this episode may not be suitable listening for children, and may not be safe for work listening either. You have been warned, and thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Hello, and welcome to What Am I Rolling? A twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast, hosted by me, Fiona. This is part three of our Call of Cthulhu one-shot, so make sure you've listened to the first two parts before continuing on with this episode. To briefly recap, David and Sam are playing two would-be investigators, Mr. Alexander Ryan Greylock and Mr. Jessamine Alton, respectively. They are currently visiting the unassuming town of Bennington in South Vermont, for research purposes to help Mr. Greylock with his next writing venture. During their visit, they learn that the daughter of a local industrialist has been kidnapped by the Harris gang. After the ransom payoff went horribly wrong, ending in a violent gunfight on the edge of the forest, the sheriff of the town has asked every man and woman to join their search party and help bring these criminals to justice. Our two investigators jumped at the chance and are now making their way through the deep, dark woods of South Vermont searching for Jane. However, all is not what it seems in this forest. The yellow fauna and yellow leaves spreading like a carpet throughout the wood. Weird dreams at night. People going missing. And an ever so slight feeling something or someone is in there with them. Remember, players use percentile dice with results ranging from 1 to 100 to determine success or failure of their actions. Every player's stat is intended to be compatible with the notion that there is a probability of success for a particular action, given what the player is capable of doing. For example, a player may have a 75% chance of being able to track footprints leading away from a crime scene. This is represented by having the number 75 in the tracking skill. Therefore, rolling a number equal to or under 75 would yield a success in this example. Rolling half or less under the skill level, so in this example 37 or less, is considered a hard success. Rolling a fifth or less of the skill level, so 15 or under in this example, would be an extreme success, and these may yield some extra bonuses to be determined by the keeper. 
If the player can justify through their investigator's actions, they can push a failed roll. Pushing a roll allows the player to roll the dice a second time. However, the stakes are raised, and if they fail for a second time, the keeper gets to enact a dire consequence upon that character. Players can, optionally, also spend their luck points to bring the results of the skill check down, point for point, and as a result, change the level of success. Whenever players encounter the horrors of the mythos or come across something mundane yet horrific, they must make a percentile roll against their current sanity score. If they roll over their current sanity, they will lose a greater amount of sanity points. If an investigator loses five or more sanity points as the consequence of a single sanity roll, they have suffered major emotional trauma. The player must roll again, and if the result is equal to or less than their intelligence stat, the investigator fully understands what has been seen and is temporarily afflicted by some form of psychosis. When the player fails a sanity roll, the keeper gets to momentarily control their next action as the fear takes hold of them. I don't want to get too bogged down in how to play Call of Cthulhu, as I couldn't do it justice in the time we have, especially the combat rules. However, if you're keen to learn more, the quick start rules can be found for free on the official Chaosium website, that's www.chaosium.com, along with a free solo adventure, Alone Against the Flames, to download and try. There are also some great video guides on some of the more complicated game mechanics of Call of Cthulhu on YouTube, which I will link in the episode show notes. Also, quick spoiler alert here. In this one shot, we are playing Amidst the Ancient Trees scenario, which is found in the back of the Call of Cthulhu Keeper rulebook. If you're planning on playing in this scenario and do not wish to be spoiled, stop listening now and come back when you're ready. One last thing before we begin. Naturally, there are times in this one shot where the players and myself, mostly myself, get the rules wrong or forget something plot-wise. Whilst we always endeavor to stick to the rules wherever possible, at the end of the day, we all make mistakes. What matters most is that everyone enjoys themselves. And with all that out of the way, let's get back to Call of Cthulhu. There is a moment of silence as your words sort of echo, Jay, Jay. And then there is an almighty bang as something opens the door and shoots at you, Miss Alderton, but with disadvantage because you did move back. You were deliberately waiting to see if anything came out. So oh, that's, that's lucky. You dodged away as this sort of sawn off shotgun cocks. Yeah, you both probably dodge out of the way. And you just hear, and a male voice is like, give her back. Give it back or I'll kill the lot of you. And the door slams shut again. Did he say give her back? I do believe he did. And Lydia goes, I reckon. Sydney? Sydney? It's me, it's Lydia. Lydia Smith. And again from the cover, I don't care. I don't care who you say you are. Give her back. And again, as a gun is being reloaded. And we will go, like, behind trees. Yeah. Yeah, I can let you do that. And I'm going to sort of take a knee and point my rifle at the door. Okay, so you're readying a firearm. Good to Basically, know. yeah. Cool. You're Assuming... the one that's good at people. Okay. <laughs> Sydney, my, my good troubled man, we, we're not here to hurt the girl. We're here to help you 
and help the girl. Please, be a good man and just come out safely. We're not here to hurt you. All right, I need you to make me either a persuade or a charm, but it needs to be an extreme success. Extreme? Yeah. Is that like the super mega critical? I've got to get under 14. Which I do not. <laughs> lies! Lies! You came for her! You did that thing to Chris! Fucking lies! And it comes out. I was going to try I'm, and shoot for you again. I'm going to fire. All right. So we'll go into combat. Because you had your firearm ready. Yeah. Uh, it's What's your dex plus 50? 90. Mr. Greylock at 90. Uh, what's your dex, Miss Alderton? 70. All right, Mr. Greylock, you get to go first. So you're going to shoot at it? Yeah. Using the rifle. So use firearms, uh, rifle, shotgun. He's going to try and dodge uh, okay. out of the way. And it's basically, okay. it's a level of success you get. Okay. Uh, so that is a pass. Just a pass. Just a success. Good. So he's not very good at dodging. <laughs> Fails. Uh, so roll the damage. Uh, 2d6 plus 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is 10. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. <laughs> That is incredible. Okay. Is that what it needed to be? No. Oh, oh but that's a good point. He does take a major wound as a result. Oh. <laughs> ah. Hang on. He has to make a con check, doesn't he? Does succeed the con check. So he doesn't fall unconscious. So you you take your moment and you hear him getting riled up like what Miss Alderton's saying. And he's clearly, again, you can tell with that tone of panic in his voice. Yep. Very similar to Eugene. Clearly has seen some shit. The door opens again, and he is clearly about to go for Lydia this time, and you just whip around, and you shoot him. Actually, I'll give you the choice here. You don't kill him straight out. You do yeah. wound him quite badly. Where do you, where do you aim for? What do you shoot? Um, he's got a shotgun, right? Yeah. Uh, then he'd aim for the right shoulder to throw off his aim. But yeah, you do. And it, I mean, if you could hear bones shatter, you probably do. The, the impact of this is so brutal. He screams, ah! Shit! Lies! Lies! You took Jay! And he's sort of down on one knee. The gun maybe spins away a little bit, but it's still close to hand, but severely, severely wounded. You can see blood seeping through his sort of plaid shirt, his cap falling off to one side, not in a good way. It is then Lydia's go. She is going to get her handgun out and like go up close to Sydney, or at least within sort of like 15 feet with the gun out. It's like, Nah, nah, Sydney. We're just here to help. Where, where is Jane? Where is Jane? And then it is Miss Alderton's turn. Miss Alderton will run over, pick up the sawn-off shotgun, and, and who took Jane if she isn't here? Well, we're out of combat. <laughs> that was easy enough. That could have been very bad for all of you. <laughs> I must say that. Um, he's just like, no, no, you're not. You're not with them. Yeah. They came last night. I, I came and I saw Chris. Oh, you see what they did to Chris and she's not here. They must have taken her. Who is they? I don't know. I don't know. They, they, came, they came again last night. They trying to get me, but I managed to scare them off. Did they? No, what did they look like? Did they, they look like townspeople? No, no. Something with their eyes, man. Something horrible. Like grey, green. They were weird. It was they were wearing funny uniforms. Like old uniforms. 
old, like old as in Civil War old? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Their faces. Describe their faces. I d- didn't want to look. Too horrifying. I just, I just shot wherever I saw them. But even when I shot them, they just wouldn't go down. No grown man could take two shotgun bullets to the chest, but these guys did. <laughs> Look, I don't care. I don't care no more. It's still bleeding out quite pretty, like breathless, getting quite, quite hard. I try and... What do you do when your shoulder's been exploded? I try and use some cloth to kind of just... You want to try to do first aid? Yeah. You buy time until someone else can look at it. Yeah, do first aid. Go for it. Uh, that is a hard success. Wow, very good. Oh, wait, am I looking at the wrong thing? I don't know, are you? It's still a hard success. Hey, nice, I'm very good. I'm keeping my rifle pointed out in this whole time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with, with being outnumbered, as he is, he kind of lets Miss Alderton, like, he's shying away from the pain, and he, all this time he keeps muttering, no, no, they took Jane. They took Jane. Where? And kill them. Fucking kill them. Where did uh, they take her? I don't know. She was gone by the time I got here. And I don't know where they came from. But I should, when, they, when I tried to scare them off last night, they went, they went that way. And he points to the other side of the clearing. And he's... Way? I don't know, man. We were, we we're going to head for the border today with Jane, with the money. Wait... With Jane? No, you were supposed to give her back. No. No, don't you see? She had... Mr. Strong, he has more money than he's letting on. And man, he's got these precious metals. He ain't sharing them. It's, it's our land. All, it's all for Bennington. He's just taking it for himself. Rightfully asked, but it doesn't matter anymore. Whatever he's got going on in this land, in the, in the reservoir, I want no part of it. Stuff Jane, stuff Lucas Strong... I just want to live. I just want to get out. He's a criminal. We can't just let him go. Nah. How far are we now from the track where there was going to be a car coming back? Ooh, from the, the dirt track road leading to the reservoir. You'd say that's probably about, probably about four miles back? Because you did track quite far away. Yeah, you're quite far up between that and on the way the body of the artist and met Eugene Clayton so quite far half day's walk really but even with your with your very high medicine check which he's no longer bleeding from he ain't going anywhere quick he's, he's like oh that's true yeah, yeah he's like he's slumped on the floor like you know like hand is very protectively like eyes shifting and actually looking at him he looks like he's not slept at all and his hands shaking still I come at night is that what you said Oh, I ain't seen any in the day. Right, well, you have two choices. You can either stay here and wait for us to return, or you can make your way to the reservoir and turn yourself in. Why would but, I do that? Because you know that in the night... I'd rather die than go to jail. They will I'd... come for you. And let them come. There's nothing worth living for now. What? Look, you fucked up my shoulder, man. Nobody wants this. You were going to kill us. You were going to kill me. Somebody took Jane. You came here. You saw what happened to Chris. And he's just over and over repeating different bits of, like, vernacular back at you. 
Really not making any sense. He's gone. I am inclined to agree with you, my friend. All right, we we have to proceed on the way we were going. We've not gone through all this to turn around. Onto the reservoir. The way he indicated. The other side of the clearing. Uh, just to clarify, Fiona, that was a different direction to where we've just come from, right? Make a navigation check or track check. <laughs> hey Sam, do you want to do that or is it just me? I think you should do that because you, you asked me. Hang on, what am I better at? Oh, I'm equally terrible at both. Let's do navigate. Nope. I mean, being in this forest, like, you got good directions from Eugene, but <laughs> this, these are directions from an even a person even worse. <laughs> yeah, definitely not all there, so you've no idea where you are. And actually looking around this clearing, all the trees are starting to look the same. The yellow canopies, the sort of the weird fauna. It's out of the corner of your eyes you turn and the whole forest floor is yellow. I do not like this place. No. Now, Sydney, you've made your point exceptionally clear. Do you want to save Jane? I don't care about her. She was just a means to an end. Wonderful, in which case, die in hell. Better men than you have lived their lives with worse injuries than just a little shot in the shoulder. Turn around and walk the way he vaguely gestured earlier. <laughs> Fair enough. I raise the rifle, slam into the side of his head. Yeah, easy. Ooh. You're getting good at this. Yeah, he easily keels over and maybe Lydia puts him in the recovery position. Ms. Alderton, perhaps we should see inside the cabin before we leave. Sounds good. <laughs> it turns back around. <laughs> Did you want to look into the cabin, then? Yeah. Before I do, I'll look at the guy and spit and then head in. Both of you can make for me spot hidden checks with bonus die. You're all doing a very, I'm guessing, a very thorough search of this cabin. Yeah. That is a hard success. Hey. Same. Nice. Very, very good. We pick it clean. <laughs> Going through this cabin, you can tell, again, it is definitely was used as a hideout. It's definitely not been used for, like, as in an Airbnb style for many, many a decade. There's old pots and pans. There's old, like, tins of beans. But you can tell recently that it has been barricaded up. Maybe a couple of nights ago, dressers, chairs, broken tables and stuff put against every single opening, every single window or, or door. Going upstairs, you notice there's like a couple of different rooms. Uh, one of the rooms had a bed in it, and you can tell there was rope tied to the bed where uh, somebody was tied to. But actually seeing this room itself, you could tell there were signs of a struggle. I don't know, like, it's all broken furniture and stuff, so you can tell there was a big struggle here. And then drag marks as someone was sort of lifted and like sort of taken down the stairs. And then following it outside, you can see the evidence of a big fight happening, which leads right up back to where Christopher Dobbs currently resides. But you don't find any weaponry. You don't find any ammo. Um, you don't find any evidence that Jane was here. All you've got to go on really is uh, Sydney's account of what happened. And just to clarify a point, it said that it looked like he, the one that's impaled on the tree had been dragged out. Yes. Imagine if, like, going down, like, the stairway, you could see where, uh, like, there's a hand, like, clawing down the wall as trying to stop being pulled away. 
Uh, the floor itself, fingernail marks, has been pulled out. Who could have done this kind of thing? Some kind of madman. But the strength to put somebody that high up against a tree, then. I will say, as well, because you did get both of you got hard spot, uh, hard, um, hard spot hidden checks. Sorry, that was a really weird thing to say out loud. <laughs> hard spot hidden checks. You can tell there is multiple footprints in the dust, more than three people's worth. So if you're trying to count off, maybe that might be uh, Chris Dobbs, that might be Sydney. You maybe see a you spot, maybe a smaller pair of footprints. Again, it seems to be kind of a struggle and then being dragged out. But there are many, many more. Ms. Alderton, mm. I... In the war, when a man was scared, he was capable of being a lot stronger than anyone would normally be. This is far more than that. And these footprints, they look like men. More than these gang members. Hmm. So we're up against some kind of gang, but... A gang that can be shot and not die. Oh, the babblings of a madman, surely. Wearing Civil War uniforms. When I was in the library, I found evidence of Civil War soldiers being in this area. Hmm. The dreams, the people watching in the night. I, I don't think... I don't think we're dealing with something natural. Oh, come on. This isn't like your books, Mr. Greylock. I have bad dreams. It's all this. There's perfectly rational explanation for all of this, I'm sure. My dream wasn't of the war, Ms. Alderton. I lied. I was by a lake. I was... I, I, I don't know how I knew, but I'd, I'd been there for hours. And there were things in the trees behind me. I knew they were there, and I knew they were there to stop me from running. Something came out of the water, tentacles but with eyes. It stared into me, this old little not at me, into me. And buried itself in my chest. Have you heard of the concept of suggestion, my good man? Do not repeat my own platitudes back at me, Miss Alderton. I said that to ease someone's mind. Suggestion does not work in such a way. You lied to people all the time in the war like that. Just gets them through the day. But this isn't like the war. This is something else, something we don't understand. Then do you want to quit, Mr. Greylock? Is it too much? I do. But I won't. I've done horrible things. We owe this town and this girl nothing. No, but I shouldn't be here. And if the last thing I do is save a poor girl, then that's okay. Now we're go I'm going to go and proceed with this. If you want to go back, I won't stop you. All right. I'm faring fine. All right. 
then we'll go. I assume you're doing this out of earshot of Lydia. She's just... Um... Uh, it depends if she's right nearby when they start this conversation. Where are you having this conversation? Probably inside the cabin. No, she stays outside with uh, Sydney. Okay. Uh, again, you, maybe you finish this conversation, you come out and you see her. You sort of just like, not like keeping guard over him, but just maybe just again, making sure he's okay, like propping up with what little um, sheets she could find. Uh, you know, gotta make sure he's okay. Like, I mean, he's a bastard, so to speak, but, you know, you can't, you know, justice will be served. Kitty, do you want to, well, look after him and take him back? <sighs> I mean, I'd, ra- I'd rather go see if Jane's okay. I mean, she sa- they said what, he'd been, she'd been taken by, by something or someone. I want to, you know, I'd rather make sure she's okay. Like, Sydney and I were never good friends, but, yeah, I, I'm, we just were on different paths. I want him to see brought to justice, but I'd rather see Jane home safe first. Good girl. Let's yeah. see this to the end. Maybe we put him inside, close the door, keep him from his nightmares. He can find his own way. We can tell next policeman we find that he's here. Hmm. I'll take him in. Should we take the gun? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you both say yes? I couldn't tell. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was a moment where you went, yes, no. I think it's more danger to himself for him to have it than to not. Right. Or right. more danger to others. That also. Right. Well, I guess... Well, sh- shall I have it then? I've only got a, a handgun, but... Are you any good with a shotgun? No. Uh, are you, Miss Alderton? No, I'm a handgun... Like yourself, my dear. Maybe Mr. Greylock has a backup. More close range. I've used one before. Okay. Well then, you should have it. Take the shotgun. Any shells that are around. There's a, there's a couple. Like I in this game, I'm not like, yeah. oh, you've yeah. only got four left. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. That's what, that's what fumbles are for. <laughs> shotgun damage. Uh, shotguns. I I can tell you. So. I'd it's love like, you to. It turns out it's, it's stuff to do with range. So if you're shooting at point-blank range, mm-hmm. you the damage, if you succeed, is 46. Oh. So if you've got What's a permissant... I know, it's straight, because it's just uh, gun damage. You don't add anything. Right. But, of course, if you'd gone up and listened at the door, who knows what could have happened. Um, 2d6 is medium range, and 1d6 is far range. Okay. Thank you. Nice. So what's the plan? Um, head the way he pointed up putting Sydney inside and closing the door. The camera sort of rests as you sort of shut the door on Sydney's sort of face, like sort of the bruise of the, the butt of the rifle. Then we cut to you guys going deeper into the forest. So you sort of head towards where he pointed and maybe you take another half an hour or so you know, going through the leaves. Again, this time you guys can see that you don't even need to make track rolls for this. It, like the grass here is beaten down. The leaves sort of squelched. There's a <clears> path <throat> of many, many feet. Many people have traversed this sort of path. Again, going deeper and deeper into the forest. Again, the eerie quietness. 
all around you. Looking above, seeing that the yellow canopy is blocking out this sort of early morning sun. And you get to a point in the forest where the track splits. One road sort of goes down towards the east, like downhill towards the east. And there's a lot more forest area. It looks a little bit darker. It looks a little bit less used as well. There's more leaves freshly fallen, more of these yellow, orange, red leaves falling onto the ground. And then straight ahead is a track that looks more well-traveled, more foot traffic, more footprints going sort of up and to the north. And Lydia sort of stops you and goes, that, that path, as she points to the, the less used one, I recognize it. I dreamt about this path on the first night. What happened exactly in the dream? It just, it snaked between the trees and it's just the yellowness, all yellow, like, like sickness has infected them. And there was no wind, no nothing and no sound. And there's something calling to me right at the end of the path. I, just out of sight, there was a clearing. And then, and then I heard a, a, a snap of a twig and a, a sharp pain in my chest. And that's when I woke up as the Greylock. But I reckon the canopy, the way it is, that those twisted trees down there, that's, that's exactly like the dream. What do you think, Miss Alderton? I will endeavour to remain sceptical of this whole dreams, Malarkey, but I don't see what other choice we have. How long were you walking down this path? I don't know. It, it seemed like maybe a minute, maybe hours. You know how dreams are. Mm. We could... Give it a bit of time, investigate, see what there is, if only just to prove that these dreams of yours are nothing to be concerned about. I mean, I, I don't know. It just seems such a weird coincidence with, with what that young boy was saying, what Eugene was saying, what Sydney. It doesn't add up. Like, why would I be seeing places I've never been to and then they stand out here? Is it a warning? I, I, I don't think we need to give it such... Gravitas, this forest, we've been lost in it for days. It all looks the same after a amount of time. Maybe you were just dreaming about part of a forest, and here we are. Right. I totally see where you're coming from, yeah. So it's on the go. Yes. Are you familiar with the concept of deja vu? I have heard the term, but I can't say I've experienced it myself. It is literally just the brain not connecting at the right time. It's nothing. Nothing. It's nothing. That's what this is. Nothing. Okay. Let's look, and then let's proceed. Who's going first? Shall I go first, as I'm the most sane and healthy at this point? Miss <laughs> <laughs> Alton. I'm guessing, have you changed back into your um, walking boots rather than your brogues? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, those blisters. <sighs> Yeesh. But it's Could fine. I spend some time to wrap them up and maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you know, like it's it, the pain is dulled to an extent, but you you are looking forward to a nice hot bath and putting your feet up when you're when you're back in Bennington. That's sort of a little reward you plan for yourself when all this is over. I'm gonna find that speakeasy and get myself properly happy. That makes two of us, Miss Alderton. I'm beginning to run out. You make your way down the east to track the less used one and. That oppressive feeling, these trees are growing closer and closer together. It's almost like, like lining up, like saluting you on your way down the sort of the yellow carpet of fallen leaves. And then suddenly you're in a clearing. 
And to the left, as you enter this clearing, there is another cabin, but one that you recognize, Miss Alderton. Instead of a log cabin, the windows broken out, roof tiles falling in, and a door slightly ajar. Can you make for me a sanity roll for me, please? Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> Oh, no, that's fine. That is 30. You're a, you're a rock. You still take one sanity loss, though. You, you are still shaken by this. And what I will say as well is that the path continues through the clearing and it goes out onto the other side of it, so it just bypasses this cabin. But you all see it. And maybe, Miss Alderton, you, you sort of stop for a moment and shake your head. You're like, ugh, ugh. Mr. Greylock, Lilia. Yeah? I, too, am feeling a bit of... Deja vu, as Mr. Greylock has explained it in the past. I've seen this cabin before. When? Last night, in my dreams. You, you had, you, have you both had dreams? You had a dream and you didn't tell me. Well, I was still under the impression that it was a dream, Mr. Greylock. But it's uncanny. This is it. All right. I, I saw strange men wearing strange clothes. They asked me to join them. They were horrible. All yeah. faces messed up with corruption. Empty ass up. I don't want to go inside. That doesn't look like there's much to go in to. I just clarify, Fiona, it's like kind of almost caved in. Is that right? It's just like missing a few roof tiles. It looks deserted. Oh. It looks, uh, it's more dilapidated than the Sydney Har- gotcha. Harris's hideout. But gotcha. there is a door slightly ajar leading into darkness on the inside. Why don't we just see? I'm sure it's fine. Maybe Jane might be in there. Is that what you're thinking? Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I agree with Miss Alderton. It's like a, the path that led us here. I saw that. Ms. Alderton, you, you saw this, and Mr. Greylock, you saw something in water. I don't want to meet whatever you saw, Mr. Greylock. I don't want to see whatever's in this cabin. I'm sure it'll be fine. If the two of you wish to remain, then I'm happy just to go. For Jane. For Jane. It would be foolish of us to have traveled so far, and to be turned away by a cabin with the door ajar when a madman with a shotgun wouldn't do it. Leaves no stone unturned. That's the Bennington news for you. That is a helpful motto. Swing the rifle over my shoulder, take the shotgun out, make okay. sure it's loaded. Okay, good. You arming yourself, Miss Alston? Yes. And Lydia will do the same. Possible I want to take the lantern Mm-hmm. Um, light it, hold it in my hand and kind of just like hold the shotgun over the forearm. Oh, cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And so I've got a shotgun, I'm probably going to go first because it's, I'm assuming it's a cabin, so that's basically point blank range. Pretty much. Great. All right, so you make your way up the steps as quietly as you can. There's maybe a creek and you sort of use the, it's not snout of the gun, what is it? Barrel. Barrel of the gun. Muzzle. <laughs> Muzzle, barrel, it's shot off shotgun, so barrel the gun to... Oh, yeah, I, you use the gun to open the door. <laughs> you just pushed the, <laughs> Pushing yeah. it open. 
door opens. And inside you see a very, very sparse cabin, maybe two or three rooms, but just very thin partitions, maybe just bits of wood, which over the years have been sort of rotted away and dilapidated. You see, coming in, next to the door, you see a coat hooks. And on the coat hooks, you see old jackets and old caps. Again, that weird sort of musty smell, scent of damp, dark and decay. Just on the door, you see two pull out sort of uniforms on the side. And with them on the sort of the, um, the sleeve of each arm, there is the insignia for the Union Army. Next to them, there is this like small hallway table. And on there, as if you would put modern day car keys on there, two knives, hunting knives, very similar to the one you found next to the artist's body. But these were are dried bloodstains on them, set, as if it's ready to be picked up at any point. On some of the walls coming in, again, there's very sparse, there's no paintings or anything like that, but there's almost like animals, like squirrels, rabbits, dead, sort of cut, their skins sort of taken off the fur and just hung up like trophies along the walls. Just a little bit of decoration for a horrific scene, I guess. And in one corner, off to one side, there is a rifle. And then coming up to it again, I think you've all got into this point again, slowly going, Mr. Grey, you probably go straight for it. Just have to check. This gun is definitely not recent, maybe 50 years old. And the way you can sort of tell it's again, not an Enfield or such, much, much older. The rust has just taken over the entire barrel of it, all the way up to the top of the muzzle. Maybe you sort of pick it up and you can see the whole mechanism is completely jammed. And then you probably go through, uh, you notice here there is old cots, like, you know, old fashioned sort of beds, but the sheets on them haven't been disturbed. You maybe take your time just to quickly go around, dodge any, any sort of open cupboards and stuff, but there's not much here in terms of clothing and furniture other than what you've seen. Uh, no cooking equipment, no sinks, no water supplies, no nothing. Quite empty. And the dust sort of rises up as you sort of move around the cabin. Is there a second floor? No, no second floor. Any basement? Why don't you do a spot hidden check for me, Sam? Mr. Greylock, can no, you see No, you asked if there was a basement. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, I'm going to use some luck because that's important. Yeah. So I have 43, I need 40. So Ooh. I'm going to push my luck down by three. Nice, very good use of luck. So there's a moment where you're sort of looking around saying, this can't be right. Like, there's, there's nothing here. There's nothing here. And then you maybe look down at your feet. Maybe one of your blisters starting to rub against. Thing. And you see between the floorboards beneath your feet, a little bit of pale blue light creeping up in the floorboards underneath. Maybe you pull back a rug and you see a trapdoor with the light slowly emanating around it. Mm. I walk over, hand the lantern to Miss Alderton, point the shotgun at the hatch and nod at Lydia to open it, pull it open so she's out of the way of it. Okay. <laughs> Just in case. I thought you were pointing the gun at Lydia to open the hatch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so she's like, all right. Yeah, you see her hands sort of shaking a little bit. Slowly. 
grabs the sort of the pool ring, and with all her her petite strength, she's not very strong. She pulls it back slowly as she can, and this this huge sort of slab of stone sort of comes back into an upright position, and you see stairs going down into a basement and a blue light. Now all of you can see it. It's slightly a little bit brighter, but you can't see where it's coming from. I'm going to make horror movie mistake 101. Okay. And descend the stairs. Is there like a plank I can find in the kitchen or something where I could wedge open as like an initial, or put like like a metal can or something to stop it from shutting? Or when someone tries to open it, we might be a tear. Clang, 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 clang. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can find um, you can find something to sort of like keep on the stairs. I guess like if you want to as an alarm system, or do you want something to hold up the door in case it, it slams shut? Is that what you're? Bit of both. Bit of both. Okay. Yeah, easily enough. You can find like um a couple of cans, but again, like all of them are sort of empty. There's a refuge and stuff. You you've been not sure how long this has been in here for. You sort of set it up. Are you going down as well, Miss Alderton? What do you see down there, Mister Greylock? Do I see anything new from what I have already? I've, I've made it to the bottom of the stairs now. Yeah, I would say you are. You're taking yeah. your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gun is still out. Mm-hmm. You're taking the lantern down as well. Oh, I'll need to join, won't I? Lydia, um, keep an eye out. Light down here, isn't there? There's a pale blue. I just wanted to know what you're doing with the lantern, that's all. Miss Alton has it. I'll come down. Uh, Lydia, could you just check up here for a while, just in case? Okay. So you both descend. Yep. So these stairs sort of go down maybe about 10, 15 feet into a sort of basement made of earth. You can see the light sort of emanates from five blue stone caskets that are dotted around the room. You can see that three of them are open, and that's where the light is coming from. And two of them are not open, and no light is coming from them. But they are dotted around in maybe about a 30-foot rectangular room. What is creating the light? You'd have to go closer to see. Then I guess that's what I'm doing. Have we got spare oil for these lanterns? You're thinking of burning this whole place down? The thought had crossed my mind. It crossed mine. But first, Jane. You're going to approach one of the open caskets? Yep. Shotgun. Make for me stealth checks. How good are those? Oh, no. oh, Evan. 20 on the dot. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Against all odds. Incredible. <laughs> Very Literally against all odds. Amazing. So, be put quietly. This whole time, only your sort of whispered voices, which sound so loud in this sort of the quietness, and you've kept quiet. You get up to the first casket, and you see it is empty. The light, Mr. Greylock, is coming from the bottom of the casket, thus the whole back of it, it's in the stone, a weird sort of like, as it sort of comes up, it's not even just like shining bright, like a one of those a newfangled sort of electronic lights. It sort of like, almost sort of comes off in mists and waves, sort of out, there's some sort of smoke permeating the air, and just forms into the sort of like, a weird sort of mist of blue light. In this casket, there is like, a book. And some of the little trinkets and stuff, you see pictures, like old-fashioned sort of portraits sort of in sepia tones. You see maybe a ring or two, like a wedding band perhaps, and some other sort of a locket as well. 
and a book as well. It looks like um, a journal of some sort. Okay. Uh, uh, gonna grab the journal. So the journal, you put out your hand, pick it up. Nothing happens. You look on the front of it. Seems like a regular journal. You open it. Yep. Inside, you see on the first page, Diary of Joseph Turner. Make a history check for me, please. More right at history. Evidently not that all right. 90, fail. Ah, but the name sounds familiar. It's been mentioned. Not, not sure. Ah. Is there a date written anywhere? Yes. 1865, like the 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. Shove it in the pack or the coat pocket. Mm-hmm. Speaking of hypotheticals, Mr. Uh, Greylock, if this was a um, supernatural affair, how would one go about removing said occult nature? I, I don't know. In all my books, whenever anyone comes across anything quite like this, the character always employs a scorched earth policy. I'm inclined to suggest the same. Yes. Should we have a look at a few more of these caskets? That blue light is... Not right. Is there a particular... I know you described it. Sorry if this is pushing for more, but it was kind of emanating from the bottom of these and the stone caskets and emanating from the bottom, and there's no, like, easily visible source where that is, because it's all yeah. kind of misty. Yeah, it's, it's not, like, a sigil or mm. a stone or anything like that. Like, looking at it, the brightest part is, like, the bottom of the casket, but actually all the insides have this sort of weird iridescent sort of blue light coming up. And next to the casket itself, you see the stone, <clears throat> the covering that would have been on top. Let's try some of these other caskets. Agreed. Next one. Next one. Next open one. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Make another stealth check for me. Jesus Christ. Nope. Better contain Jane. <laughs> oh well. Oh no. Failure. No. Both failure. Okay. Second casket. Similar to the first one. There's some pictures. There is a locket or two. But this. There's something in this one. One which you may recognise, Mr. Greylock. A sort of long, thin, almost metallic-looking spine, about foot in length. But you have barely time that you recognise it and you're taken for that moment when you hear the unopened casket behind you start to... open. I wheel around and I raise the shotgun at it, ready to fire. Okay. Are you both ready to do it? Okay. So the casket, and there's an almighty sort of, as the sort of top falls off, and a hand comes out, a grey, mottled, like cracked skin hand, and another one comes up, and a body emerges. One you recognise, Miss Alterton, sort of horrible, twisted, corrupted face, like cracked in all the wrong places empty sort of eye sockets and a weird sort of greenish almost corruption like thing coming from the neck and down from the eyes and it sort of looks at you 
and sees you both there. And then the casket, the other unopened casket next to it, starts opening as well. Yeah, we start to back away. <clears throat> Backing away? Yeah, still raised. That other casket falls up. Same sort of thing. Another another man. Oh, so again, same sort of features, corruption, the eyes that sort of look at you. And then they speak together in unison. Friends, be not afraid. You have joined us at the moment of the place and the time. Join us. Where, where is the girl? Join us like they all do. What do you mean, join us? Actually, because I completely forgot about this. Can you both make me two sanity checks? Yeah, that makes sense. I was waiting for that. Yeah, sorry, that's my bad. I completely no, I was too okay. busy thinking of the voice. <laughs> but today, sanity remains. Yay! So that's two. But so that's two sanity checks each. Because you've seen two of them. Oh, great. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, not so lucky the second time. All right. How about you, Sam? Yep, just on both. On just. Yeah. You are wow. a rock. What is the sanity? <laughs> She's unflappable. Uh, it was 60, and now it's down to 58. I just rolled a 57. You're just, like, unflappable. It's incredible, Sam. Mine is... Just, I'm snapping like a twig here. <laughs> Ooh. Did you fail, David? Yeah. Can you roll 1d10? <laughs> Sanity. Loss. Eight. Oh, and Sam, you need... Because even though you succeeded on both, you take one sanity loss for each one. So, so that would technically be nine, David. And okay. Oh, two, two things. looking good. Yep, and David, Ooh. David, can you roll me an intellect check to see if you understood what's happening? Of course I understand what's happening. I'm a smart guy. I understand what's happening. I'm a Fuck. smart guy. Fucking hell. Okay, roll for me another d10, and I'll tell you what you have permanently. It's an eight again. Ooh. You're going to WhatsApp me. I will. I just need to look up the name. Because I took damage from the first sanity hit, my 57 would have matched my score of 57. It's equal to or under. Good. Good luck, David. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Oh, oh, I'm going to be really mean. Yeah, I know you are. Oh. What's changed? <laughs> oh, let's do this. I will say, David, because you've taken more than, I think it was, what, five? So it's five for a normal one that disappears eventually. No, this is permanent. This is permanent. Okay, that that's a, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. If we're gonna have to do, I always want to fail a sanity check just to see some of this stuff. <laughs> so yeah, you All feel right. this. You feel this manifest yourself, and you're it's it's unshakable now. This feeling, this horrificness. Okay. Great. Fine. Fine. Yeah, so you have these two horrific sort of beings sort of like sitting quite calmly in their sort of caskets and just locking eyes with both of you saying, Join us. We can give you eternal life. We can give you everything you need. Join us. The only thing we want is to find Jane. She's quite safe. We can Where? take you to her. Only if you join us. 
and be in his service. Join us in the waters. In the what? In the waters. And this time, one of them stands up. This person, once in life, huge, beefy sort of guy. And you can see sort of the muscles, the tendons have sort of been rotting away with this horrible green ichor burning away. Back up. We're leaving. Yeah. Idiot! <laughs> so you're trying to get back up the stairs? Yeah, we're sort of walking away, guns still pointed at them. Specifically the big guy that's just stood up. Oh, they don't like that. We're going to do a combat. Fuck. <laughs> but you have your guns, and I assume you have them ready. So. Yeah. So by the same rule, 90. So 90 for Mr. Greylock. Oh, Mr. Alston, you are probably higher. Be 120, I'm guessing, if you add 50 to your decks. 120. Yeah, so Mr. Alston will be first. Lydia's not going to get any quicker. Good thing she's upset. Oh, that's a shame. Well, they both go last. Oh. Oh, yeah, crying shame. Fire and run, Sam, fire and run. (laughs) All right, Miss Alston, it is your go. I don't know how lamps work. But in real life, or <laughs> if it's like a, a you know, like an oldy, worldy, old gas burning kind of, no, it's not gas, oil, oil burning oil. thing, could I just like throw it at him and smash it? As your action, yeah, absolutely. That would be then, like a fighting maneuver. Yeah, absolutely. Would that be our only lamp, though? No. no, we each got one. I would say for the camping stuff, you probably would have got a set. Okay, cool. That's I would fine. say, I, I'm going to be, in, yeah, I'll be nice on that. So, yeah, okay, so you're doing a. You'll <laughs> be nice on that. <laughs> A fighting manoeuvre, so they're going to try and dodge to do that, so I need you to roll a fighting brawling thing as you're going to throw this lamp, and they're going to try and dodge. This is not going to be good, guys. Well, I've got to be honest. Shall I tell you what their dex is? It's 15. Their dodge will be 7. They've got to get under 7 to dodge this. Okay, but I've got to get under 25 to even hit Still them, more I guess. I do. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm going to use luck. <gasps> One failed. Oh my god, one did get four. That's insane. So one does dodge out the way, the other one does not. So oil lamp fire. We'll just give it a we'll give it a straight D6. Four. Nice. You sort of go, ah, and then just throw your lamp straight at the sort of the big guy. It hits them in the chest and they just sort of ignite on fire. The other one's still sort of in the casket, sort of manages to not very gainly, they are quite slow creatures, sort of moves out of the way a little bit. So it isn't set on fire, but this guy is sort of like just the spray of oil up and down. I think his dry clothes and the dry sort of like almost dried out muscles and skin starts to light on fire. Definitely haven't seen Lydia, right? <laughs> Not Lydia, Jane. You haven't checked that final coffin, so you don't know. It is now Mr. Greylock's turn. Got a shotgun, we're close enough. I'm going to blast the closest one. They're going to try and dodge. I will say, because they're on fire, it's close range. So you get bonus die. It's close range. Great. Uh, And these guys, uh, well, they're going to try and dodge out the way, but it's still going to be a seven, so they're not going to... 32, so failure for dodging. Uh, I am going to use uh, five points of luck to take that down to a 45, so it hits. Nice. All right. Roll 46 damage because it's close range. Eight points of damage. You wheel the gun you got from Sydney on this creature as the fire. You aim straight for the head and you shoot. And there's a horrible, sickening, booming noise, like echoing all around the cabin. Everyone's ears are ringing. You see the head sort of snap back, flames going up. 
and it snaps back has taken up impact but that thing should be dead it is terrifying to see it sort of come back can i grab his alderton and just go yeah, I'd say with your movement, it's just for like one big action. So I'm going to say, yeah, you can easily... Yeah, it's a... Fucking run! Exactly. Yeah. yeah uh, trying to get up these stairs and out. You can sort of hear the sort of screams of... <laughs> as like the other sort of servant is sort of pushing the, the one out of the way, trying their best to sort of go upstairs. Before Lydia, she's going to have to make a strength check, actually. Because she's got to do it quickly. She failed it. She's going to push the roll. What is this to do? To push the trap door down. When we get up. Uh, she, was, she was, she was, yeah, not, not on top of you. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, no, Whoa. no, I am assuming that Greylock sort of was like, now, Lydia. And so, oh, that's so much better. 25. Just using all of her might and maybe her notebook as well that's come from nowhere and just and slams the door on top. There is a moment of sort of silence as you hear as something is trying to get out of the from the cellar. Pile stuff on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, easy enough. You sort of getting the bits of the bits of what furniture there is. It is. It's going to be. Oh, it might be a bit. Mm, no, I think it'll be alright. Like you're getting all the bits and pieces, but it, it is hammering away. You think these things will hold it for long? Uh, that's fine. It just needs to hold it long enough. We run. We don't know if the girl's downstairs. She might still be in there. If we stay here, we will die. Okay. I Join shall... with us! Running. Yeah, we burst out and... Okay, so you're out of the cabin. Go, there's obviously the track that leads back up to where you guys had come down from, or the, the track continues, the path sort of continues down. Follow the path. Down? The way we haven't come, yeah. Okay. Mr. Greylock. Yeah, I can see it, can't I? Mm-hmm. What do I have to do? It's overwhelming. Sudden oppressiveness. Just, again, bursting into that clearing and just seeing all of that colour. Your heart sort of catches in your chest and you pause. can't remember what it is to see through illusions or to push yourself through it. Let me just double check. Essentially, that's what you'll have to do. Yeah. Persevere. But I'm not going back in that cabin. But the girl must be in that closed casket. It was too close and they came out and one, the other one was open. You're not going to like this, David. So to, to try and persevere and yeah. sort of get through it, yeah. you need to make a sanity check. Oh, I'm good at those. A failure means you lose yeah. one sanity point. Yeah. And you induce that bit of madness as well and no delusions are dispelled. If you do, you see through it and you can generally, and I can tell you what you generally see. So. Fail. Fail. All right. You lose one sanity. Yeah. The colour is just overwhelming. It catches in your throat. It's horrifying. You can still move, mm. but you are acutely aware of all of this yellow all around you, and it is suffocating. Okay. I am running, holding on to Ms. Alderton's arm. Basically just kind of like head down. All right. So you're heading down the path, going past the cabin all the way down. Yep. Okay, yeah, Lydia follows, by the way. I appreciate it. She's been quiet this whole time. She's just very scared. I imagine she heard the noises and is like, I don't want to know. I think she saw you say, now, Lydia! I hadn't seen what was inside. She's truly running and is terribly frightened. Oh, poor Lydia. Did she hear them scream after us? Oh, yeah. Join us. 
Join us. So you go further and further down, the trees closing in on you. And again and again, that silence. All you can hear is your, your heartbeat hammering in your chests, the rush of blood in your ears, the sort of <gasps> the panting, certainly for Mr. Greylock, who seems to, though eyes closed, losing his cool composure. And then you burst out of the forest onto a shore. You knew Wait. this is coming, David. <laughs> Where you see no. a lake, the black stagnant lake, which Mr. Greylock, you recognize completely. It goes for as far as you can see, and then maybe on the other side, you can see where you'd think maybe. Um, Maybe a town, maybe a thing, you're not sure. Maybe it's Somerset, that logging community you talked about. And then looking around, a little bit more noise here, the, the gentle lapping of the water sort of up to the shore and back, a little bit of bird song, perhaps. And then you see it. About 100 feet away, just on the shoreline, there are five holes looking out, sort of almost like um, totems, I guess into the waterline but there seems to be somebody some people one person strapped to each of these poles looking out into the water if you want to see through any illusions david please feel free to make a sanity check i don't see this no uh, another you see the same thing you're just not affected by it there's another something point. else at play another point sanity yes yeah. okay but you see the same thing miss alton you see these five poles and something or someone strapped to each one of them. But you can only tell that because it's sort of the afternoon sun with the sort of shadow, so you can see like arms and stuff there. From your position, they don't look like they're moving. You failed, David. I did. It's one point of sanity, and I'm still freaking out. <laughs> your eyes are just on that lake. The black water, feeling of fear rising in your chest, the throat constricting as if you're drowning. I pull the rifle and I'm just pointing it at the lake. Okay. The bodies, does one of them look like a 16-year-old girl? It's 100 feet away and they're not faced towards you, so you'd have to go up and look. I guess we do that. Well, we have to swim? No, so they're on the, they're on the they're shore. On the shore. They're looking, yeah. But they're looking out into the water. I move, move up slowly. I still am holding on to her. Fine. Lydia. It sort of follows you again. Her handgun is out, but again, shaking. You get up close. You see five people, two women, three men, strapped, their hands behind their back, all looking very young, all in overalls, all in sort of like, like youngish clothes, each of them quite clearly dead with a spine like one of those metallic spines you saw in the cabin, straight into their chest, a pool of blood oozing out on their sides, looking down. Uh, can you both make for me sanity checks, seeing horrific bodies? <laughs> it's endless, I know. Oh, that one I pass. You, you still only take one point of sanity loss. Oh, I failed one. Hey, hooray. Um, all right, roll for me uh, a 1d6 sanity, Sam. One. <laughs> You're unflappable. It's a horrific... Oh, you know what? I keep forgetting about Lydia. Oh, she passes really well. 
It's very good. Again, she's her hands up to the mouth, going, "Oh my god!" And then, almost in sync, their eyes open up. Jesus fucking Christ! And they lock it with you, and they say, "Please help us kill us. We can't die. Please help us." And you both make for me sanity rolls again. Nope. Yeah, I'm all good. Uh, D6, both for sanity, David. Four. <laughs> Not another phobia, but you're all right. Snapping like a toy here. You see all five of them, they're now writhing, trying to get out of their bonds, but their eyes are just pure black with fear, spittle and blood coming out of their mouths. They're screaming, Please! Kill us before it takes us. We don't want it. We do not want to live this. The poison, the suffering, it's spreading. Can I raise my rifle to the closest one, put it against the side of its head and fire? Roll um, firearms. A point blank range? <laughs> yep, plus a bonus die. Okay. In case you get a critical fumble. That is a 38. Nice. So you go up to the side of the head, you shoot, again the head snaps back, silence, for all of them there's silence. And then it turns back to you, a huge hole in its head. Please kill us! The spines! Go pull out a spine from one of the girls. You pull out the spine? Have you got the lowest luck, Sam? Out of uh, the two probably. Of you? 43. Yeah. Okay, as you yeah. as you pull out the, the thing, you hear a horrible, disgusting sort of screaming noise from this for unearthly. You've never heard anything like that. It's, it shrieks and pierces your ears. Can you roll for me a, a luck check? A luck check? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's fine. Fine. The scream is piercing, and you, you sort of like, ah, but she flops. Silent. And looking at her now, she was never alive. I go and do it to the next one. Okay, next one. Same thing. If you're going to do it for all of them, I need Sam to make four luck checks. Uh, it affects me every time. You got the lowest luck. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm going to roll it four more times. You do? Okay. First one. That is a fail. Okay. Keep Second rolling. one is bang on. Success. Pass. Mm-hmm. Third one is a fail. Fourth one mm-hmm. is a fail. All right. As you are starting to pull out the spines, the screams get louder and louder and louder. And the last one is just, it is so awful. It is screaming out in pain. And maybe you have to step back as it sort of vomits horrific black ichor and green decay all down itself. And the screams itself sort of bounce off the trees and the lake. And it's just, it seemed for a moment all encompassing. And then they are silent. Lydia is just sort of stood there, hand over her mouth, going, What did that to them? We need to get away from the shore right now. Where do we go? Back to the main path. Back the way we came. You turn back, there is a lot of yellow behind you. 
Miss Alderson, if I shut my eyes, can you can you get me through that? Uh, get, yes. <laughs> if course. we see any of them, tell me I'll open my eyes and fire. Not even going to ask. Let's let's go. As you are about to turn, you see maybe just coming along the beach, uh, a group of people with sort of their hands raised. Hey, hello, hi. And you see them sort of come closer, wearing workman uniforms and stuff. And you recognise uh, one sort of leader as this um, James Stanton, the man with the truck you met just only the day before. And he's like, Hey, what what's going on here? You quite all right? Some mad madmen put these poor people up. Oh, why did you go and kill them like that? We worked so hard in getting them up like that. Oh, God, I fucking knew it. He's not going to be happy with us. Turn around and I raise my gun in my like, what is going on here? Well, it's quite simple. We're here to help him. He's trapped. And we are trying to help him and raise as many helpers as we can. We heard there were intruders nearby and, well, we wanted to convert them to the cause. It's fine. We understand. We were just like you when we came here. And then we saw the light. Where's the girl? Oh, she's quite safe. I think you might be lying to me, Mr. Stanton. Not at all. Uh, the foreman has her up in the thing. If you come with us, we can, we can reunite you. You must understand, we can't let you leave. Especially what you've done with our offering. You see, like, five dead bodies, a couple of them face down in the water, the ichor mingling with the black water. You have her at the reservoir? Yeah, we do. We have her at the dig site. She's quite safe. But I wouldn't advise using that thing. How many more of you are there? I understand. You're frightened. You're afraid. The forest does that. We were afraid too. And then, slowly but surely, we, we understood there was much more at play. We could get eternal life. All we had to do, walk into the water and serve him. And that's what we did. And now, we aim to free him so that we can bless this whole world with his power, his glory, his will. Give the girl to us. We take her back to town, back to Beddington, and we will forget everything we saw today. We want to forget everything. Now, that's, that's a mighty kind offer. Unfortunately, we cannot take that. Wouldn't you say so, Lydia? And you feel at the back of your head, Miss Alderton, a muzzle of a gun. And Lydia says, sort of says to you, sort of whispers to you, Miss Alderton, it's, it's true. You see, I, there was mysterious reports at the dig site, people going missing, and I, well, I came about a week ago, and, well, I saw it. Incredible. Benefits of eternal life, Miss Alderton. It's truly something. I move the gun down, put it in my handbag, and say, show us Jane. You'll have to hand it over. I'd have a young lady like you having a 
a big gun like that. Give it here now. And same to you, Mr. Greylock. Miss Alderson. I throw my gun into the lake. Their eyes are normal, aren't they? Yeah, they look completely normal. As does Lydia. I drop my weapons. So they take you. They sort of have a quick search. They'll take everything off you. And they... Not everything. Everything. Camp equipment. Lanterns. They, they sort of pick up. They go... Ah. Well, better return it back to Joseph, won't we? And James Stanton's like, well, after you find folk, we'll, we'll just make sure... Of, you know, we'll get there sensibly and safely. You're not tired. You're not bound or anything like that. They just simply sort of walk behind you. Guns pointed at your back. And slowly sort of indicate for you to walk up the beach, up the shoreline. They, so they take everything and they take a locket. Yeah. That I've been keeping hidden. It's like, I want that back. James Stanton, who has it? Where well, you're going... You won't need lockets. You won't need anything. Uh, Throws it into the lake. I scream. They let you. Actually, I'm really sorry. I scream and try and punch him. Excellent. He will try and fight back. So do a fighting brawl check. I'm bad at these, but he would. No. Goodbye, treasured possession. You go to punch him. He grabs your wrist, your wrist rather than the fist, and yeah. just holds you there. The strength of him is so, it just feels so unnatural for you. And there's, he doesn't do anything, just holds it. He leans in and is like, now, nah, now, nah. don't use the anger. Channel it into patience and willingness and submission. That's all he wants. And you can bask in his ever-eternal glory and do some good in this world. You must understand that. I spit in his face. It doesn't even flinch. It's almost like when you see that sort of film of a dead body and like a fly goes over the eye, like mm. that. No reaction. You, and with the hand holding you, you can tell actually this person has been dead for some time. But there doesn't seem to be any of the same effects as the previous ones, almost as if they've only recently become undead themselves. So, I start to lead you up the shoreline into the dig site. Coming up to the dig site is on sort of the, your left as you're coming up, and the trees sort of part into another massive clearing. Uh, what is noticeable is that from the lake to the sort of centre of this clearing, there is like almost like a, a pulley system being erected up. And there's a few other young men sort of hooking this up. And where the police system sort of goes is into a big sort of blast site in the centre of this, uh, of this uh, clearing. As you sort of sort of not even rush past it, as you sort of pushed away to keep going past this sort of the big blast site, you sort of, Miss Alston, yourself, you sort of look down and you see a really faint bluish glow coming from inside. You sort of pass several huts and then you get to sort of the fourth hut on the side that says storage. And the door opens. Another man comes out, has sort of a hat on, is sort of mopping his brow. James Stanton says, uh, Foreman, uh, we found them. Ah, pleasure to meet you. My name's Carl. Uh, welcome to the 
the rest of your lives, I guess. <laughs> Please come on in. I guess you're here for Jane. Yes. Perfect. Uh, please come on in. Steps back. And you're both sort of, sort of pushed inside. The inside of this cabin is completely boarded up. All the sort of furniture has been sort of moved to one side. Standing in the corner is uh, three of those sort of creatures you saw before from the thing. You don't look at them directly, so I won't make you make sanity problems, but you can tell from the yeah. way their sort of outfits are, the Civil War costumes, sort of the, the horrific, smell. the smell, the green corruption uh, coming around, the decay, you're aware of it. And they just stood there almost like guards, as it were. James said, uh, Joseph, and sort of tosses one of them the journal goes, you gotta keep your possession safe, man. Like, why do you hang on to that thing? No response. He won't be happy that you kept that. I imagine you, he doesn't feel much of anything. You then push into the next room, and you see three people. There is an older man, bashed up around the head, uh, one black eye, wearing a Texan hat. Next to him, a 15-year-old boy, scrawny, looking a little bit scared, like both of them sort of arms bound together. And then on the other side of the room is a young looking, pale skinned, brown sort of bobbish hair girl. Who again sort of looks up with sort of uh, scared mouse-like eyes at you approaching. Jane, you got visitors. Well, I'll leave you all to get acquainted now. Don't run off now. You know, tonight we might have a little celebration. Now that we've got the crystal, Everything's just going to be tip-top, tippity-boo. All right. And shuts the door. You hear a lock. Well, there's one upside to all this, Miss Alderton. What's that? The situation can't possibly get any worse. We haven't met him yet. Given all of this, I imagine when we meet him, our concerns for... Everything become minimal shortly after that. You must be Jane. Yes, yes. Um, your father has hired many people to come looking for you. I'm afraid we're probably the ones that got the closest. Poor Papa, he must be so worried about me. Yeah. And you must be Brian Hall. How do you know my name? Uh, we met um, we met a friend of yours. Oh, yeah. Alistair! Oh my yeah. God! Thank Christ, he's not off with this. God, did you see where what happened to the artists? They were in here with us for a bit, and then they got taken last night. We found them. Oh, they they got out. No. No. Oh. What happens? What do you know of this place? Tell us everything. The more we know, the better a chance we have. I mean, I don't know how much we can tell you. We were hunting, and we came across the uh, those artists, and they asked if we wanted to stay the night. We got chatting about scary stories and stuff. I told them about a dream I had, and they said they'd also had dreams. And we were talking late into the night, and next thing I knew, there was uh, people attacking the camp. Um... We got hauled away, like, I, my poor son, he, he uh, blacked out, I had to, I ran after him, I tried to beat one of those things to death, didn't happen. Next thing I knew, we were all up in here, with uh, Miss Strong over there, she told us about 
Sydney Harris had kidnapped her or something, and then they were getting a ransom for her. I, it sounds like a whole lot of people out in these woods just now. But last night, they came away, took the rest of the artists, and said something about becoming one with their new god. You should know that process of becoming one. It's a fate worse than death. If it comes down to it, and you have a choice between between dying or being turned into what they are, take the former. I mean, I have no intentions of becoming one with our new god at all. But but there's more of us now. Maybe we can maybe we can get out of there. They they post those those weird things on the doors, but maybe if we, we just ambush them and, and, and we, we can make a break for it. Physically, they're far too strong. Miss Alderton here threw a lamp at once, set it on fire, didn't slow it down. I fired a shotgun in its face. Nothing. I would like to look around the room, see if there's any other way out, anything that potentially could be used, windows that might have been boarded up that we could potentially, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. A uh, spot hidden check for me, please. Okay. I am down to the empty spot where my treasured possessions were. Uh, that is a that is a twenty six. I'm going to use four points of luck, so I'm going to make it a hard success. Ooh, nice! Very, very good. So you can see in this room, there's not been much here. Like um, at one point, you could tell that Jane herself was bound, um, but considering that. They had those guards on the doors that she's no longer bound and none of them are. There's no weapons in here. There is no uh, like furniture per se. The windows themselves have been boarded up from the outside. So you think it would take a lot of effort to try and break through. There's one, there's like one window. And this was basically like a log cabin. So this would have been like an office essentially yeah. before they could step into it. But with a hard success, you can tell towards the back of the room, maybe you sort of shift a few sheets around or, or whatever small broken furniture there is, you can tell that the back corner of this room, um, the floorboards are, are slightly damp and decaying. And actually sort of like maybe you, not, not even shove, but you try and break a little bit through and you can see that there is possibly a gap underneath the corner of this place. If you broke it through, but it will be very tight and to get everyone through quickly, because obviously making big noises, they may come check on you. I'll give you that for a hard success. Ms. Alderton, look at this. Um, uh... We could break through, but we'd have not a lot of time. Mr. Hall. Yeah? Does he look like a strong man? Does he look well-built? He had a Texan hat on, so yes. <laughs> Got cowboy boots and everything. Mr. Hall, I have an idea and you won't like it. I mean, I don't like our current position. Oh, might, let's hear it. It might save your son, though. It looks to, to his boy. I'd die for him, so well, what's the plan? We can break up in this corner. Make a crawl space, not particularly big, but enough for everyone to fit through, but it will be a squeeze. It's going to take some time. You and I, we can hold this door shut by the others as long as we can, and then when they're all through, we'll pile what furniture we can against this door, hold it, make a barricade, and then we'll make a break for it as well. Ah, I mean, let's do it. I'm a risk taker at best. I want to get the fuck out of here. 
And if I can't, at least with my son to get out of here. When should we time this thing? Maybe as they're beginning their celebrations, they'll be distracted. We're assuming that the celebration is for them and not their word for getting us. I agree that we should give it a little bit of time. Miss Strong, you've been here the longest. Ah. At what time do they come? How dark is it when they come for the others? Do they? Is the celebration an actual thing, or is it...? Um, I, honest, honestly, I, I don't know. It just... I know they come later when it's dark, so darkness probably won't help. I think, I think they can see really well in the dark. Like, my own experiences of what happened to Chris, she sort of, at this point, was very, very quiet. There's dead men. They don't... They only attack at night. That's what the artist was saying. That's, uh, that's what Mr. Hall was saying. I'd never seen them in the daylight. Then I don't think we have time to waste. All right. Get out here and maybe try and find an automobile. If we can get onto the road and we just run... We asked for a car to be sent this way. Well, we could steal James Stanton's truck if it's lying around. And if it's had all the things taken off, it could probably fit all of us. Make a run for it. Maybe we'll get lucky, the keys. I won't be making that check. (laughs) Fate tells me that you will. (laughs) Depends if it's a group check or not. I might be one of you getting there. All right, what's the plan? I think we have to do this as soon as possible. Okay, right. So um, we're going to try and get some furniture in front of the door to make a bit of a barricade by as much time as possible. So we're going to start smashing down that bit of damp Mm -hmm. wood. Okay. Because, you know, if the furniture is going to make noise, the damp wood's going to make noise. Yeah. So Mr. Hall will brace himself against the door. Um, yeah, so we'll get some furniture behind it. He's going to brace himself against that. Yep. Um, I'm going to help him with that while Miss Alderton leads everyone in the escape. Okay. And we'll join him when the, the last one has come through. Who, who is breaking the wet wood? Mr. Hall? I'm talking to the heroes of this story. <laughs> I'll do it. I think I've got a bit more strength. Not much more, but a bit more. All right. You going to do it? Get ready, barricade yeah. the door. Unless there's anything else we need while we're in here. Anything is, else we need is, to do? Is there anything else of any use or notable? With a hard spot hidden, that's all oh, you yeah. can see. You've, you, uh, no, no, it's, it's, it's good. Just to remind you. Yeah, because they they're very clearly didn't want you armed. They're fairly confident that you can't get out without them seeing you. That's why they've left you untied. And yeah, all, all you've managed to find with spot hidden is the, um, the wet patch at the back of the sort of slightly rotten wood. All right. We have our plan. All right. All right. Is this a good one? <laughs> I think it's the best one we can come up with in such a short space of time. Do we need to do anything about this diamond of theirs, or we need I, to save our own skin? I, I just want to get out of here and, frankly, never return to this godforsaken country ever again. I may come with. <laughs> All right. So, Mr. Greylock, I would like you to do a straight strength roll. Maybe. 83, I'm going to push it. Push it. Okay. 29. There's a moment where you're like, you have to brace yourself, like thinking about everything that you've been through. And again, flashes of yellow and the lake and and what, you know, that sort of sudden betrayal 
on double the trails and then you just use all that uh, fear and turn it into anger and you just one two like the wood cracks and breaks and you hear from the other room a horrible sort of like what and mr hall is like by the door i think thankfully with that sort of with a good check by that he is there i'm guessing you go and go and help him mr greylock uh yeah so you go and help him on that children Miss Alterton, uh, you're getting out through the, the hole in the floor? Yeah, I'll go first just to check because it's relatively clear. Yeah. yeah. Sure. What is getting through tiny spaces check? I don't think you need to check for that. I, I imagine that is a size, if anything. Oh, but but, she, oh yeah, you're going to have but, a really small size, aren't you? Because you're yeah, a the, petite lady. The smaller, the better. <laughs> that is true. You know what? That is true. I think you're fine then. It is tight, though. Like, you feel like you're breaking bits of the wood as you go and you're on your hands and knees trying to make your way through and it's like only like a foot or two until you get to the sort of like the edge of the the bottom part of the cabinet underneath it and you sort of kick uh, or, or punch or, or you do something with your limbs and you push out I think and you scurry on through I'll say for the ease and stuff like the small boy and it goes next and he gets through easily small like boy you'll be small fine small boy Jane looks back and goes Mr Greylock are you sure? And then, just go. She takes one look back. Thank you. Gets in the hole. <laughs> Slips down. No, this is getting worse. Look, she escapes. <laughs> we'll leave the cabin just for now. Miss Alderton, you can start to hear shouts of, you, know, you get the small boy out, who doesn't have a name, I'm just not going to bother to look it up. Uh, he's not important to the story anymore. Um, and Jane sort of comes <laughs> out as well. And you look around, and you hear shouts but they're coming from quite far away. You suspect that they're all at the pit, which is about 200, 300 feet away from this cabin. And they're sort of like, they're working on this. So there's a little bit, you've got a little bit of time before reinforcements arrive. What would you like to do? Can I see an automobile? Do a spot. A spot hidden is basically searching for one. Come on, I will use up all my luck. No, I need luck for finding keys. <laughs> I might push it though. Oh, uh, I will use three points of luck. Ooh, lucky son of a bitch. Mr. Stanton's truck is right next to the gate. You feel like it's come parked in and they had been taking uh, whatever it is he was carrying off the, the truck. So it is, it is there currently uh, by the main gate, which is shut. Shut it? How shut? Locked shut? Sorry, I'm not there. You, you don't know, but also, yeah, but also... I, it's a, a shut gate, <laughs> a closed gate. How's that? Rammable. How, how sturdy? Young boy, unnamed boy, go and open the gate while we drive through. Why today is Christmas Day? A five-bar gate. Don't know what that is. So <laughs> essentially, it essentially is. It's not like a solid gate. It's like um, bars. So pretty so, sturdy. No, I think you could ram a five-bar. Oh gate. yeah, that, that's your classic. That's um, a classic gate. Oh, is that just? Wooden. Oh, okay. Wooden gate with. Oh, I thought you meant like five metal bars in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh God, you can't run that. Oh, okay, you can run a classic gate, no problem. <laughs> okay, uh, can we make our way over to the car? Easily, so you sort of get in. It's truck. It's truck. Um, we'll come back to you, Mister Raylock. They are starting to push and push, and they're going to explode into the room. So I'm gonna. I'll do. We'll do initiative now. Might as well. Okay. It's a race between you and Mr. Hall. <laughs> I have an idea. Kick him in the crotch and run. 
I don't need to be faster than them. I just need to be faster than him. <laughs> you are faster than him. That's really upsetting. <laughs> Arthur Hall is his son. There we go. It just has in the, in the stat blocks, it says George Lawson and Arthur Hall, sons learning to hunt. That is their only description in the, in the book. Mr. Greylock, you feel the, the door give way and you're sort of shoved back, not prone or anything, but standing in front of you is three of these horrific, horrible creatures. Can you make for me one sanity check for me, please? <laughs> I think we'd be used to them by now, but no, you wouldn't be. No. No. <laughs> Roll a d6. Two. Yeah, just take that to two points. So you're just saying, you, you, again, the flashes of that cabin, those blue-lighted uh, caskets, the yellow, the black waters, it is just there, just pounding every sense you have, and you're like, ah! you, you're desperately trying to focus, but it's getting harder and harder and harder to. Yeah. What do you like to do? I am going to yell at Brian, I'll climb through, I'll pull you one from the other end. All like right. a hero. And I am going to run at the thing and just try and... Squeeze on through. through. All right, so what's your size? Uh, 50. I'm going to make you do a size check then. Okay, what do I need to do? Just, just the same. Yeah, just get under your size. Which I thought I'd never say out loud. Um, that's a 54. I'm going to use four points of luck. Perfect. Very good. You... <laughs> there's a moment... <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a moment... Uh, comedy style, I, I would say, but obviously you can't... <laughs> Uh, no! They fall slightly, sort of prone. Yeah. And you sort of use the rest of your movement to go there. Mr. Hall is going to do the same. Um, yeah. Can I sort of be at the other side ready to pull him out when I see his hand? Uh, yeah, sure. Let me just see his size. Oh, he's slightly bigger than you. Right. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know if you're supposed to do this for size. I assume so. Oh, good job, Mr. Hall. Okay, so he, like a nimble fish, <laughs> sort of slips through. Sorry. He broke wind as he jumped into the hole. I mean, squeaky squeaky ball zombies. time, lads. Like, yeah, yeah, they're on our tail. You got to get out first. Yeah, he said, We did no women wind. and children first. Yes, you did. Anyway, you. you, you it's he, the 1920s. <laughs> of course you did. You see his hand, and he goes to sort of, you go to grab it, but it is then their turn. They are going to reach through and try and grab Mr. Hall. There's a tug of war, which I will not win. It's going to be really weird, because now I've got to do opposed checks against myself. Okay, so they're going to do like a... Oh, so they're going to do a brawling check, which Come is... Come on, Fiona, you can beat yourself. We'll see. Oh, oh, that dice just rolled a 66, and then it, the last one, the, the 10s changed to a 26. So that's that's success. But let's see if Mr. Mr. Brian Hall can uh, get out of it. Um, he's going to try and kick back only a 25 or under. Oh no. As, I thought that was a three. That's 53. You know what? He's gonna push look. He's gonna push that roll. He's gonna push that look. Push it. Oh. It's a fail. Okay. So they win. And it's a worse consequence. Uh, he's gonna get the horror movie pulled back, isn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. You you see you pull his arm, you see his face like that, that moment of like and then you you feel it, the strength of his creature, and he just goes, nah! and just back into the darkness. Slip from your grasp. I'm gone. I'm gone. <laughs> right, gone. Back to the car. So, uh, Miss Olsen, you've got to the car, the kids pile in. Oh, Jane piles in. Uh, 
Shit, what's the kid called? Arthur. 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 Newly named Arthur also jumps in uh, into the back. Um, what would you like to do? Kids, try and help me look for some keys. <laughs> do your luck roll with a bonus die because the kids are trying to help you get out. Oh, I rolled the ones, the wrong ones. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Sam! <laughs> You're killing me. You're actually killing me right now. Thirty-eight. Oh, thank fuck. <laughs> And I'll roll it again just in case for the bonus. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, 35. <laughs> oh my god! So you're like, kids, help, kids, help me look. And then you like, you open the sun visor and they drop out instantly. Like they always do in these films. You're like, oh, that was really convenient. You put the keys in and you start revving up the engine. Switch back to uh, Mr. Greylock. You I can am he- sprinting around towards this revving engine. You, you, can hear, you can hear the engine and you can hear horrible screams, inhuman screams going, No, they are getting away! And you look back, and in the doorway of the cabin, you see that creature again, there's the one not moving from the doorway, pointing, and as they are pointing, the sunlight, the dying sort of embers of the sun and the afternoon sun, hits their skin, and a horrible, the cracking of the skin with the green starts to spread as they're pointing out out of a light at you, screaming at the other uh, workmen to go get you. I'm full sprint. Full, full sprint. sprint. Yeah. You get to the car, you can see Miss Holston's like, I've got the keys. <laughs> get in the fucking car! <laughs> Who's driving? I, uh, I imagine Miss Holston's driving. So are you, are you jumping in the back? I will leap onto like the flatbed bit at the back. Oh, I thought you were going to say onto the bonnet. I was like, that's really cool, but that's very impractical. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not doing that. You jump onto the flatbed. Arthur's like, where's Papa? I'm sorry. What? And I just, <laughs> I grab onto the boy so he doesn't run. So, Miss Alterton, the five bar gate is still shut. Are you just going to... Ram it? Unless I feel we're going to have time to open it like a normal person. We're going to have time. I mean, you're looking back in the wind mirror and you see people sprinting towards you. Like five, six, seven people. They have guns. Alex is screaming, go. Yeah, going then. Why don't you do a drive auto check for me? I'm going to use up all my luck if this isn't good. Or I'll push it and use up all my luck. Oh my goodness. This is scary. Pushing it. Pass. <laughs> Fucking Christ, Sam. Do you, want, do you want to describe how you get out of the dig site then, Sam? I'm going to leave that to you because that's really fucking cool. So, the thing stalls and, oh, bumpkins, bring it up, turn around the wheels, drive full pelt. One of them kind of catches up his kind of fingers scraping on the outside of the car as we hit into the five bar gate. And it kind of crunches under the weight and we almost do kind of like a ramp over its half-collapsed form and kind of drive through. That is such a, a cool thing. You go, your foot is full on the gas and you're just like... And in the back, and the fact that you're holding tightly onto Arthur, Mr. Greylock, and you're just seeing all this yellow speeding past you, but it's, it is better because you are going at such a pace that you can't focus on it, you're keeping your eyes shut. Jane is like looking back going... What, what do we do now? I can't thank you enough, but what do we do? We, we get back to Beddington. We tell your father what's happening at his reservoir. Uh, we get back to the city. Okay. Okay. 
it's fine. I, I, I just want to get home. I want to, I need to tell him what's been happening there. Yes. So in the epilogue of this, you get back to town and there is a big hubbub as you have arrived back with Jane. Jane instantly is, tell, you know, is in the arms of her father and she's saying, no, you don't understand. There is something happening at the reservoir. And she explains to him what she's seen in the forest, what actually happened to her. How much of the truth do you guys tell? I would probably skirt around the truth, but allude to it. So saying they're killing people, they're a crazy cult. We know it's all true. We have faced it, but nothing's going to happen if we go goo goo gaga. The same. Sorry, one thing. Um, Alexander would let Jasmine say all of that and just kind of finish with a kind of full stop of if you go after them, do it in the day. They hunt at night. They mostly come at night. Mostly. <laughs> so that's interesting. So you are you so you're saying go for them because it's now sort of early afternoon, evening. Would you say Do not go, for the- go at night? So the next day. And the next morning, there is a truck that's sent up to the site. I'm assuming you don't go with them because you are quite harrowed by the experience, but the reports come back of the whole site being burnt to the ground. As if some horrible thing happened there. All the huts, there's no sign of life, nothing left. There's a big blast hole, but there's nothing inside of it. And what looked like footprints heading towards the lake and going deep within the lake itself. And then we cut to sort of the post credit scene. Lydia has stood on the edge of the lake, tied to a post for failing in her mission to bring more willing or unwilling posts for the deep one. But she's ready. She knew this time was, has come. She's now been chosen. And as her compadriots are sort of one by one themselves sacrificing themselves to the water, going deeper and deeper, just walking, never stopping, never slowing down into the water. She waits, and she waits, and she waits. The moonlight dancing off the dark water. There's a stillness here. And then slowly but surely, tendrils start to come up out of the lakes, violently. There's a massive form follows them, unfathomable, massive beyond the blocking out stars, three yellow eyes opening, staring directly down at her, tentacles themselves, each one with an eye opening, blinking, circling. She smiles, knowing she's about to go home, and then there's a rush as the spines hit into her, her whole body, she goes limp. And that is Call of Cthulhu. Amazing. Well done. Wow. Oh, how'd you like that? How'd you like them I, apples? I thought it was fantastic. Oh, I you did such a good job. Bloody hell. The What Am I Rolling podcast was created, recorded, and edited by me, Fiona Howard. 
This episode's players were David T. Cox and Sam Robbins. This episode's RPG was Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game by Chaosium. You can find out more information about Call of Cthulhu and buy related RPG products on the Chaosium website. That's www.chaosium.com. The theme music was 8-Bit March by Twin Musicon of twinmusicon.org, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 license. If you want to find out more about the podcast, check out the website. That's www.wairpodcast.com. Finally, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at WAIR underscore podcast for the latest news on upcoming episodes. And remember, adventurers need not apply. <laughs>